Welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week, we walk through M&A projects where we've been involved in the course of our careers, unpacking the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose in doing this is to leave you, the listener, with valuable lessons and experiences that you can use in your own M&A projects. So without wasting any more time, let's get this podcast underway. Hey, Toby. Good evening from Melbourne. How are you? Hey, Rob. How are you? Down in uh, Melbourne. Are you? We're fed up, but <laughs> nothing we can do about the it. Old Continu- lockdown, eh? It continues yep. on. <laughs> Continued lockdown. And then, of course, we know we have... We wake up this morning to find out that over the weekend, the Orthodox community uh, wedding engagement celebration, 69 people turned up and it's thrown everybody back into chaos again. So <laughs> lockdown continues. Yep. The only, the only thing I can console myself with is I've now got my vaccination uh, certificate on my iPhone that proves I've been fully vaccinated. Well done. I've got one of those. Yay. <laughs> no, I must admit, I'd be looking forward to um, showing that sort of thing so I can go into some restaurant and say, well, mm. here I, I'm vaccinated now. Let me know. I, I, or let me get on a plane, double vaccinated. Yeah, we shall. <laughs> we're like this until towards the end of the year, I'm sure. Certainly not. Still, we're going to talk about Google and Motorola. And I might just shout out that this is probably the last one we'll do in terms of a podcast on specific acquisitions, and we'll we'll go on in the next weeks to talk more about leadership. But this one's particularly interesting because, again, unlike the others where there were unmitigated disasters, this one, at least on face value, was a good one. I'll let you tell a story in a minute. It looks yeah. like... Again, if you just look on the surface, that they actually had to get out of this business and sell Motorola two years after they bought it, and they might have made a loss. But in reality, I don't think they did. I think they came out break-even. And having read the notes you've made, the summary I've got is that this is a great example of how businesses like Google can afford to make bold moves in the marketplace. Yeah. But you should always be re-looking at your business each year and saying, but does that still apply? Yeah, sure. But yeah. anyway, what so this was 2012. Yeah, let me do a bit of scene setting here. So, yeah, we, we've got to cast our minds back to uh, 2012. And this is a time when Google announced it was acquiring Motorola Mobility, $12.5 billion. And Larry Page, the Google's chief executive, said he wanted to reinvigorate Motorola by creating innovative phones that better compete against the rivals like Apple and Samsung. So they were making a deliberate play to become a phone manufacturer just like Apple and Samsung and compete. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and let's, let's just make a point here. $12.5 billion from Google's point of view is pocket money. Yeah. Yeah. Look, they're, they're, they're well cashed up. It's not like uh, the other yeah. acquisitions we were talking about, uh, Rob, whereby these were big limited funds and challenges. Google's got deep pockets. Yeah. Now, I'm just going to put this in. So, two years later, they sold Motorola to 
Lenovo for yep. $2.9 billion. Correct. And so the uneducated look at that and go, you bought it for 12.5, you sold it for 2.9, you've lost nearly $10 billion. Yes. What we'll go on to talk about, I'll let you do this, but yeah. that's not the case. So just, just repeating, they went in, they wanted to go ahead and compete with the likes of Apple and Samsung by basically um, Google manufacturing and creating innovative phones. But what they found out, I think, and they found out pretty quickly that getting into the crowded smartphone market proved a lot harder than they perhaps originally thought. And um, just less than two years later, they decided to simply go ahead and sell. Now, we'll go into why they sold. but And as you said as well, Rob, there would appear at face value a loss, but as we'll go into, it wasn't quite a loss. It was a play that Google made. Now, the next question is, well, why did Google buy Motorola? I mean, why? Yeah. And right. this is this is the one that sort of like got a lot of analysts at the time and a lot of industry pundits sort of, you know, sort of, sort of scratching their heads thinking, what's going on here? So, from their perspective, it allowed Google to enter the mobile hardware manufacturing industry. Okay, so it was a new industry for Google. It allowed them to do that, and it allowed them to sort of disrupt the market. Now, one of the big things, of course, one of the pluses is, is along with this acquisition, Google also acquired Motorola's patents, and there are about 17,000 patents. All these patents were valuable in their own right because what they could do is they could actually allow Google to defend its own Android operating system against infringement attacks. Right, because at the face level, getting into the hardware market, when your key competitors are Samsung and Apple, would would almost seem like a suicide pact. Disrupting the market against those two, you'd have to have a damn good case for being able to do that. But as you say, the secret source... Yeah, it was the 17,000 patents. Technology patents. Yeah. Yeah. And Google, from their perspective, they said that, look, they wanted to um, introduce its own new line of phones. I don't know if you remember them, called the Nexus line of smartphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what they wanted to do. So the deal was done. And just to explain immediately what happened post-deal, is that Google continued to partner with companies, and more companies in actual fact, with like Samsung, Asus, and LG, with its Nexus line of products. So what? They were using Samsung to sort of contract manufacture or something Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So this is interesting. So there's a bit of a dichotomy here. You've got to actually continue to partner with Samsung and, and Asus and LG to say, well, look, these are Google phones, but on a Samsung platform. Interesting. It is. And put Google in this awkward position of owning a company that competed with other makers of Android smartphones. Yeah, and and they're using their competitors' manufacturing capability to produce their own products. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, one thing we should right, say okay. is that yeah, I know this is, this is where it gets starts scratching your head here. Google did eventually uh, integrate Motorola into their own company, and they right. did release their new flagship handset called Moto, and that had a distinction of being manufactured in the United States. And and it was highly customizable, customized any way you look. So it was a new um, product uh, from Google. But the thing is, yeah. of course, is that, and I think what we know if we look back in history, is that the Moto X product wasn't that big a hit in the marketplace. There's a saying that comes into business, and we've used it particularly in Australia, yeah. is that in any marketplace, there's no room for a third player. Yeah, yeah. And if you take airlines, for example, in Australia, we've got Qantas and we've got Virgin. 
Mm-hmm. And a third airline is always going to struggle. Yes. You know, similarly in the smartphone industry, when you've got Apple and Samsung as the dominant players, you'd have to question what's the rationale of trying to compete in that marketplace mm. in what is essentially low value, low um, margin business. Large, yeah. Low margin business. Yeah. So you'd sort of question the rationale of it, but I can still see why Google would be attracted to this idea. I think they thought, is that like they've done with other acquisitions, they could turn it into a very profitable business fast. They could turn it around, and all of a sudden, yes, it's a third one, but then it would come and go screaming ahead with Google's backings and become a major phone manufacturer, potentially displacing Samsung. Those, those sorts of strategies, those sort of thought yep. processes, being able to do that, they always start with the same words. Once mm. upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Because <laughs> they're fairy stories, they are. Yeah. But, again, I can see some of the rationale in it. Yeah. But at the same time, I can also see the opposite side that says, well, yeah, but you, you're trying to compete in a market that's absolutely dominated by two rock-solid yeah. brands. And if you're trying to compete in that market in order to make that particular line more profitable, yeah. without knowing all of the detail behind it, yeah. you have to sit there and go, well, I'm not sure about that. That doesn't <laughs> sound right. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound like that at all. And uh, look, the Android partners didn't like it at all. They did not like Google no, competing. No. No, hardly surprising. And actual fact, Samsung started creating its own operating system, something called Tizen at the time. Yeah. LG started to go and say, well, look, I don't think we can run Android. So let's start doing our own operating because we don't think we can really work with Google if you're competing with us. Yeah, which is exactly what you'd expect them to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think Google themselves also found that Motorola's operating losses, well, they just continued on. And because of the lesser margins, they thought to themselves, well, look, we can't turn this business around fast, unlike other businesses that they've done. And so I think they came to the conclusion pretty quickly, well, why don't we just cut the business loose and sell it on, which they did to Lenovo. Yeah, and Lenovo being a more likely landing place. Yeah for Motorola than, than Google ever would have been. Yep, yep. yep. Right. But again, just going back to the beginning of this, hmm. so it was initially a $12.5 billion purchase just over two years two years later for $2.9 billion. So on the surface of it, almost a $10 billion loss. Yes, right, that's right, yep. It does appear to be a $10 billion loss, but the thing is, is that at the time, Motorola actually had $3.2 billion in cash. So right. Google naturally pocketed that immediately, as you would. Yep. And also, it allowed Google to claim nearly $2.5 billion worth of tax savings. They could uh, deduct those losses. So there you go, $2.4 billion in tax savings. And of course, they got to keep the patents. And the patents were valued more or less around $5.5 billion. So when you add all that up, as you say, Rob, I mean, at the beginning, well, it looks like a $10 billion loss, but natural from an accounting perspective, when you actually really add it all up, in actual fact, it wasn't a loss at all. It's break-even almost. Break-even almost, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and the valuable bit of this is they've come out of this having then offloaded um, Motorola to Lenovo, yeah. the patents is where the real value was for them. Yes. And yes. they've come out of this process retaining those patents. Yeah, yeah. So, look, it was for, for um, 
if I was to sort of conclude on this one, it was an interesting foray uh, for Google to go into the manufacturing market. They yep. found out that they couldn't supercharge the business much like they could with uh, YouTube or Android. They supercharged those businesses. They couldn't supercharge that Motorola. And yep. their attitude was, well, look, you know, let's give it a go. And if it doesn't work, we'll just sell it. And that's exactly but what I think- they did. I think that comes back to what I said earlier is companies like Google can afford to do this. A $12.9 billion acquisition is is pocket money. Yes, yes. And yes, you can take a punt with your pocket money. <laughs> and in this case, now I'm sure they didn't start out from day one thinking, right, we're going to buy this and we'll do this. This will happen and then we'll come out with the patents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they have done yeah. and they've essentially come out even. yes. Again, for a company like Google, they can weather this sort of thing. Indeed, indeed. And the funny thing is, Rob, with all the other stories we dealt with, whether it's Daimler, Chrysler, AOL, Time Warner, HP and Autonomy, yep. those were disasters like of grand proportions. Mm. This one doesn't quite make the sort of like, yes, it was a mistake by Google, but they got out relatively clean and, and obviously have since made successful acquisitions. So it was a bit of a one-off for them. It didn't go quite as well as planned, but the damage wasn't too great. But what I think, and I'm, I'm just looking at the, the notes that you mm. provided for me before we did this, there's some valuable lessons in there still really apply across the board to yeah. anybody involved in M&A. Yeah, I, I think the, the lessons here actually are more broad lessons, Rob, and it got me thinking about this one. And I think these these are broad lessons that are not specific to Google as such, but it makes you think about it. And I'll run through them. Let's, let's say, what are the key lessons that we can get from a deal like this? Yeah. Well, one is sometimes it really is better to actually concentrate on organic growth rather than venturing into something new. So we often say that the pathway to growth is through M&A. Well, yes, it is. Effective way of growing. But you shouldn't just say that's the only way. I mean, organic growth is sometimes a better approach. And it would have been better for Google, perhaps, just to focus on their own capabilities and grow organically rather than venturing into something new like this. That's one thing. Um, one thing that we all know is that there's no foolproof way of making an M&A deal successful. There is nothing. We talk about this, Rob. We know it's hard. You can certainly shift the odds in your favor, but there's no guarantee. There's no foolproof way. No, whichever way you do it, there's an element of risk involved, and you can plan to your heart's content. Yeah. But even when you've done that, you're still still taking a, a leap of faith to a degree because all of the external factors around you often change. Yeah, you know, and yep. you know, uh, there's no such thing as a crystal ball to be able to see what the future is going to hold. Indeed, and that comes down to the next one, which I think is a nice quote, which is, "It's difficult to make predictions, especially about the future." Yeah, it, it, it is. You can only postulate and and offer your thoughts on what you think the future is going to hold. But but again, who would have known three years ago that the world was about to be thrown into a massive pandemic that was Indeed. going to completely turn everything on its head? Yeah. Finally, that's the last lesson. I'll, like this one, and the, really, this is an important one. Sometimes the best deals are the ones you don't make. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the ones that you look at but then decide not to follow. Yeah. That's it from for me, Rob, on that one. I, look, I think it was an interesting deal, this one. Fairly nuanced. Would appear to be, initially, from Google's perspective, a good 
deal, but I think they made a quick decision that this wasn't going to work out for them, and they decided to cut their losses, and, and they didn't make that big a loss, and cut themselves free and, and sold the business on to uh, Lenovo two years I, later. I, I'm going to add one more lesson, which I think is also relevant in all of this. First of all, every board and CEO has got to have a helicopter. Yeah. And, and every couple of years, you get in your helicopter and you fly up above the business yes. and you want to be able to look down on it and say, is this still how we want to operate? Is this structure of this business still the way yes. we want to go? You know? That's a good lesson there, Rob, in actual fact. And that's that's a lesson we can really take from this one is to, is to do that. Yeah. It's, it, you've got to Google go. made a good decision. They, they, they realized that they weren't yeah. going to turn it around like they did with YouTube and Android. Yeah. And they thought, well, okay, well, let's, let's cut our losses and um, move on. I was thinking about this earlier. I could almost see, you know, Google CFO standing in an office somewhere talking to the, the CEO and saying, look, we've, we've got to get out of this business. We're, we're going to have to sell this to Motorola and we'll probably get $3 billion for it. And the CEO has gone, what? You know, we paid $12.9 billion for the business two years ago. Yeah. But I can see the CFO standing there going, yeah, but we got $3.2 billion in cash, yeah. $2.5 billion in tax savings that we'll claim yeah, this year. That's right. And there's five and a half billion of patents that we've managed to keep exactly. that will continue to add value to our business. Yeah. It was, in the end, a low-risk result mm. for Google, but I still bring it back to the point I said earlier, that's Google playing with pocket money. Yeah, indeed, pocket money. But for, other, for other businesses, this could have been catastrophic. It could have been, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, I think it would have been what, catastrophic, uh, Rob, if if they just kept on holding on to the business. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. yeah. Falls out another lesson is that you really ought to concentrate on your core value, on the stuff yeah. that you're good at. And Google's yes. a software business. Yes, yeah. Don't try and confuse it by trying to be something that you're not. Yeah, that's Shakespeare again, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, stick to your niche. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're like gobsmacked. Yeah. Shakespeare phrase. Yeah, <laughs> always, Toby. That's been a fascinating uh, conversation. It's, it's great fun going through these. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure people will get a lot of value out of listening to this one. We're going to move on, and we've we both got things we need to do. So we'll probably do another podcast in two weeks. So yeah, we'll be back with a new podcast, but it won't be a case study like we've just finished on it'll be more of an examination of the management principles around m a and we'll we'll look forward to um doing more podcasts then yeah other than that it's just my uh, usual pleasure to say that's about it and bye for now yeah and goodbye for myself as well <laughs>